What's up, everyone? Welcome back to We Got a Memo Podcast, episode 10. We're going to talk about NFL free agency because today legal tampering happened and so much happened, and we got to share it all with you. So stay tuned. Enjoy our intro song done by Scrimshaw, my good friend. And this is podcasting. That was a really bad transition, but whatever. Um, Like I said, legal tampering happened, so teams can now talk to players, discuss contracts, conditions, whatever they want, um, without repercussion, figure out what players they want, what cap space situations they're in. So, so much happened this past weekend, um, today, some trades happened, some signings, so... Let's just dive in. I think first things first, though, probably the biggest, well, if I'd say it's the biggest, Antonio Brown, Xavier, I'm going to hand this straight to you, was traded to the Raiders. Um, yeah, so when you guys texted me that and you were saying that you think the Raiders stole it, I mean, yes, I think you could say they probably did get, they won the trade. But I think in the long run, I think it's pretty even because Antonio Brown, I think, is so... He just makes things so difficult. So I think it's a win for the Steelers just because we got rid of him Um, and Bell, for that matter. Like, I think the locker room is going to be ten times better than when it was last season. So, yeah, we only got got two draft picks. but And the, the third round pick is basically a late second because it's the Oakland Raiders, so I'm okay with it. I figured we were not going to get a first-round pick just because of what everything A.B. did, um, but I'll take two picks. I mean, but I'm just happy he's gone, so we don't have to deal with that anymore. So good luck, Oakland, um, and good luck to A.B. with Derek Carr because I think he's probably going to get pretty frustrated pretty quickly. Because uh, he won't be getting the ball as much, so I'm okay with it. I think Oakland might have—they probably won the trade, but for me, as a Steelers fan, I think we won just because he's off our team. Yeah. So the terms, a, a little more than usual, happened with this trade. The the Raiders gave up a three and a five. I don't know what number the picks were, but that's what they got. Um, I was a little surprised by how easily the Raiders got him, um, but I guess they didn't have many other options. Um, you guys let me know AB was supposedly going to the Bills, which when I got that tweet or text or whatever, I was glad it fell through because, like you were saying, Xavier, I just don't think he's a good locker room fit. He's 30 years old. He's getting old. He can still play. Um, so we'll see. The... The big thing, though, is Antonio Brown also got fifth, like a new a new contract. He's basically getting $50 million from the Raiders. So one way to look at it is James Gruden traded away Khalil Mack 
and Antonio Brown to, or I'm sorry, trade away Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack to sign Antonio Brown. Which is better? Would you rather have Cooper and Mack or Brown? Who knows? Me personally, I'd want the other two just because they're yeah. younger and you know more I agree. more positions. Um, but John Gruden likes his veteran players. Um, so, what do you guys think? Roll, well, Roland and John. Um, for the actual trade, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I think I texted you guys uh, like a day or two before, and I was saying, you know, like I wouldn't give up a first-round pick for him, but like maybe a second and a third. Um, but so the fact that they managed to get him for a third and a fifth is pretty good on Oakland's part. Uh, I don't like making him the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL. Um, he's been in for nine years. I mean, he's, you know, it's, he's, he's past his peak, I feel like. So, um, and then who even knows, like, chemistry-wise, how it's going to work out. I, I don't know. I wouldn't have redone his contract. I would have given him something a little bit less. But, um, yeah, up until that, I was like, wow, John Gruden, you know, isn't this bumbling idiot that everybody makes him out to be. He obviously, like, he did a pretty good job with the trade. I don't know about the the actual signing. It, it really just depends on uh, how he works out this season with, with Oakland, so. Yeah. John, yeah. do you want to talk about the Raiders' kicking situation now? Hey, watch out, kickers. Antonio Brown is there past this peak. Everyone knows past their peak players. Go to the kicking team. There you go. Yeah, so... But, yeah, I think on the Antonio Brown thing, I don't know. I think that can maybe shake up the... Uh, I don't know, the market, I guess. Because you don't have too many wide receivers out there. I mean, you have... You, know, Ty, you have receivers like Tyrell Williams you know, get it, gonna go for a lot more. Um, but, so... Yeah. Good thing that the Patriots are out. That's a good point because the Ra- the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas next year. Yes, you guys were all wrong. So Las Vegas Raiders. You guys yeah. keep saying Oakland. Well, they're still they're in Oakland for this year and then they'll move to Las Vegas. Um but A B kinda gives them that big personality. Um yep. which I guess could fit. So big trade. Antonio Brown got what he wanted, he got paid, he got moved. Um, we'll see what happens. I think for now, like right now, the Raiders won the trade. But in the long run, it was probably the Steelers. Smart organization versus the Raiders. Kind of dysfunctional. Uh, my prediction, though, I this is subject to change because, you know, the draft happens, injury. But I think the Raiders are going to surprise some people the first month of the season. Maybe go 2-2. Two and two, Maybe sneak in 3-1. and one. I think they're going to score a ton of points. But they're going to let up a ton of points. So they'll start 3-1. and one, and then their defense just won't be good enough to, you know, keep them in games. And then Antonio Brown, it'll blow. And then they'll blow up. That's what I think. They'll start like two and two, three and one, and then they'll all blow up. They'll end like six and ten or something. Um, but we'll see what and happens. Then, and then AB will demand a trade at the end of the season. Right. And then no one will take them. So. Yep. Um. So, like I said, there are a ton of other transactions. I I'm gonna stick with Oakland right now. Oakland also traded away offensive guard uh, Coletio Assembly to the Jets. Um, so it looks like they're trying to... Mayock and Gruden are doing their own type of rebuild. 
Um, who knows if it'll work? You know, Derek Carr is their franchise. Antonio Brown is now their franchise. And that's kind of all they have. Um, so Mike Mayock, John Gruden definitely have some work to do there. And then just to go back to the Steelers. Steelers have had some losses. They lost Antonio Brown to the Raiders. They lost Jesse James to the Lions. And they traded Marcus Gilbert to the Cardinals. So they lose a wide receiver, their second string tight end, and was Gilbert a starting tackle, Xavier? He was, but he's been he's been injured the last two seasons. So um, I think it was between Foster, who was uh, one of our guards, and Gilbert. So okay. I was I agreed a hundred percent with that decision. Gilbert has so many injuries, has had so many injuries. Um, so he is a starter, but he didn't really play too much this season. And we have, I think, guys that can back him up. So I was okay with that. Okay. You, and Je- Je- Jesse James, I was that one. It stings a little bit, but we we have Vance McDonald, and he showed potential last season. So I was okay with that. But um, he was a good player. He was a good blocker. So um, we'll just have to get a backup. But yeah, that one stung a little bit. All right, cool. Um, Roland John, you want to add anything thing, to that? I think another important thing is uh, that it's a defensive-heavy draft this year, so the pickings will be for offensive-minded players who are going to excel, and so I think teams can probably maybe plug their holes with some of their draft picks. Yeah, good point. Um, so I'm just going to go with connections that I have. The Cardinals also are expected to sign Terrell Suggs. So it looks like Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals, you know, rebuilding through free agency and the draft. Um, Their offensive line, obviously terrible last year. So Marcus Gilbert, they're going to try to plug that hole. Terrell Suggs would be a compliment to Chandler Jones. So Terrell Suggs is an aging player. I'm surprised he's still going. But he, if he goes to the Cardinals, him and Chandler Jones could be a dangerous duo um, for the NFC West. Yeah, I'm surprised that Baltimore lets Terrell Suggs go. He yeah. seemed like they're, they're Ray Lewis. Yeah, I'm right there or with like you. Their, their next Ray Lewis. Or the, like, that's the role he's filled. So it was a, that was surprising to see. Yeah. There and some big moves. And to go along with that, they also released Eric Weddle who signed with the Rams. And the biggest takeaway I took from those two moves is I was just confused. Because if they're going with Lamar Jackson, they won this year with defense and running the ball. And to lose two leaders, Terrell Suggs and Eric Weddle, from your front seven and your back four, respectively, I'm just curious how their defense is going to look. I'm not confident in Lamar Jackson's abilities to progress as a thrower, so I would have thought they'd go more in defense, and more in the running game. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised to see the Ravens' defense decline. Um, so, bold prediction, I think Cleveland has a better season than Baltimore next season. That is what I've been hearing because, one, obviously they went 7-9, and 7-8-1. Yeah, something like that. And, you know, they are... The big move I've seen from the Browns is they got Olivier Vernon, a good edge-setting, running defensive end. Um, Steelers, like we talked about, lost three players right off the bat. The Bengals are the Bengals, and the Ravens losing defense. So 
I think the expectations for the Browns are very high, and if they don't make the playoffs as a wild card or even division leader, um, while Browns fans will celebrate because, you know, they're back in the playoffs and everything, it might be a disappointment if they aren't as good as it seems right now. Yeah. Roland, yep. John, you good with anything you want to add? Uh, are you still going on about free agency? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. I have I have yeah. a list. I have a list of okay. transactions. The Patriots um, didn't franchise anybody. Yeah, so let's go to the Patriots then. Roland, why don't you, why don't you lead us off? Yeah, um... Not even their kick about... Let's just talk about how the Lions are basically the new Patriots. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Patricia is signing all these former Patriot players. He managed to nab uh, Trey Flowers, which I am like sorely upset that we didn't franchise tag him or rework his contract because he is such a presence on defense. Yeah, um, and for me, he just seemed like a Patriot player. Not the most athletic, not the strongest, not the biggest, but he had talent and he bought into the scheme. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely crazy that they let him go. Um, but, you know, he's going to the Lions under Matt Patricia, so... Um, and then they also picked up, uh, this isn't Patriots, but Danny Amendola, who was a Patriot two seasons ago, uh, and went to the Dolphins. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if Patriots have really picked anyone up, if um, any you guys know of any. Yeah, so, before we get to their pickups, I want to keep on with their subtractions. Dwayne okay. Allen, backup tight end to Gronk, also now down in Miami. Uh, I want to know what you think about that one. And then they did not re-sign Trent Brown, their left tackle, who signed a four-year, $66 million deal to Oakland. Um, So that's where Oakland's going. For those wondering, they will not get both Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Probably won't get Kyler Murray, because we talked about that last week. Um, But they had got Trent Brown and A.B. Yeah. So the Patriots lost... uh, a starting defensive lineman, and their starting left tackle from last year. Super Bowl winning left tackle and defensive end, gone. What do you think, Roland? Uh, I mean, it's been a, a big year of losses. The The Patriots coaching staff is Bill Belichick and... Um, I don't know why I'm so bad with names when it comes to podcasts. It's okay. Um, they lost Flores to the Dolphins. Right, um... Who's the offensive coordinator? Help me out here. McDaniels? Yeah, that's their that's their coaching staff, is Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick. So, like, the they, it's, well, see, it seems like they get torn apart every year, um, and they still, you know, just, just plug someone else into the role. Um, so I'm not super concerned. The Trey Flowers one hurts a lot, um, but other than that, it is what it is. One thing I one I can't doubt um, Bill Belichick. I can't doubt like his decision making or his moves or his expertise or anything. Um, so part of me is just I mean they still have Bill Belichick, they still have Tom Brady, they still have Gronk. They get Isaiah Winback from who they drafted to be their left tackle, and they have twelve draft picks. And like John, you said it was a defensive draft. I'm pretty confident they'll get a uh, defensive lineman. So, Patriots? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And then, you 
know, they did they did kind of get into pickups. They did manage to pick up Michael Bennett. Yep. I'm a I'm a I also like the Seahawks because I'm from Seattle, um, and I wasn't the hugest fan of like how he is off the field, um, but as far as on the field, he's definitely a, a not a bad addition. Yeah, so, and his brother was there uh, as a tight end a couple years ago, so culture wise, he can kind of get some knowledge from there and figure it out. Um, so we'll just keep moving. Uh, since you talked about getting Michael Bennett, maybe Bennett was like the replacement for Trey Flowers. Yeah, sort of. Uh, one of the, the article I'm looking at right now, just as like a reference, it says, uh, that Bennett's arrival shouldn't close the door on Trey Flowers, but obviously it did. So, right. um, yeah. And I'm still, I'm still on the train that the Patriots are going to end up trading for Josh Rosen with one of their... Because one of their their six their first six picks are in the th- rounds one, two, and three. I think you take one of the threes, maybe one of the twos, get Josh Rosen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, what else I got? Um, to, to stay along with the Eagles, I have three moves. The first, they signed Malik Jackson, who, if you don't remember, he was... First on the Denver Broncos, I believe he won a Super Bowl with them that year against the Panthers. He then went to the Jacksonville Jaguars with a contract that was the highest for any defensive lineman. Jaguars have released him, and he is now with the Philadelphia Eagles, um, which is big because I think the Eagles did not re-sign Timmy Jernigan as of yet. They just traded Michael Bennett, so Malik Jackson can be in there. Uh, Brandon Graham got re-signed. Still got Fletcher Cox. They uh, just came to be rotating defensive linemen in. Um, and then the other two is, I don't know how recent this is, but they just traded for Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson is back in Philadelphia. So yeah. the Buccaneers traded Deshaun Jackson and a 7 for a 6. Um, so I, I, I think a lot of Eagles fans will like this move, if nothing yeah. else for like uh, nostalgic reasons, like Deshaun Jackson's back. Um, they were cries to, or not cries, but like, they wanted LaShawn McCoy back to get those players back, but I like the story. It gives One, it gives Carson Wentz a big, deep threat, and um, Deshaun Jackson gets to get out of Tampa. Yeah, I think it's definitely good for Deshaun Jackson um, because even though he was kind of the number two um, behind Mike Evans, it was, I, I mean, I've had both of them in fantasy, so from a fantasy standpoint, it always seemed like to shut I mean obviously that has nothing to do with real football but um you know from from having both those players on fantasy it always seemed like Deshaun Jackson despite being the number two would be able to outperform so I think it would be good if he's back in a in a position to be a number one definitely although you don't get the you know you don't get the as stiff of coverage as you would get as a number one with a number two, so that might be something. But yeah, still, I thought I thought it's good for him, and not bad for the Eagles either. Yeah, definitely. Um, so do you guys? You guys want to jump in on anything, John Xavier? You got want to add anything, or you want me to just keep going? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but uh, where Le'Veon Bell is going to go? Why don't we do that at the end? Okay. Um, John, do you got anything? Speculating. All right. Nah, man. Cool. 
We are the old Asian man to your Nick Miller right now. Mm-hmm. You are Tran. Are you Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm happy to be swaddled and carried on by this conversation. Cool. All right. Um, last thing I have on the Eagles, I think. Just got to fake it till you make it. There you go. No, you're doing good. You had some really good points there. so far. I've had some valid points with the defense. No, I'm talking about what I'm doing. Uh, don't worry. I have the ESPN article up, so. Do not take. Oh, same. <laughs> All right. Um, last Eagles-related news. Uh, so, a couple weeks ago, the Eagles decided not to franchise tag Nick Foles, allowing him to be a free agent. He has since agreed to a contract with the Jacksonville Jaguars for four years, $88 million. I have a couple thoughts. One, he is reunited with... Well, first off, congratulations on getting a starting job again. Congratulations to the Jaguars to getting a competent quarterback, which, you know, a year too late. And congratulations, Nick Foles, to getting paid. Um, first off, upgrade over Blake Bortles. Make no mistake about it. Nick Foles is better than Blake Bortles. He is reunited with John Filippo, the Jaguars' new offensive coordinator, who was, I believe, the Eagles' offensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles. So there's coaching relation there. Um, other thought? I hate the contract. How old yeah. is Nick Foles? 33, 34, 4 years, 88 million. I understand having to pay for a player cuz they needed a quarterback. I get it. I think it's too long. I think it's too expensive. Um I'm glad I'm not a Jaguars fan. Yeah. Do the Jaguars I... even have fans? They do. My gra- my grandparents are Jaguars fans actually. They actually um because there's a big Navy base there. They, they often give a lot of, like, free and really cheap tickets to military, so. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I have a couple friends in the Navy that are Jaguar fans, so. Friends, yeah. I mean family. But uh, what do you guys think about the move? Okay. Um, uh, hold on. So I was going to, I agree with what you said. I think it's good for Nick Foles. It's good for the Jaguars. Um but like you said, the contract just doesn't make sense. Um, that much money. I mean, you you have no idea if it was just a, a system thing with the Eagles, and that's why Nick Foles was so successful, or if it was because he actually is a good. I mean, he's a good quarterback, but you don't know if he's going to succeed with Jacksonville. So I think that's a risk. But age, like you said, is another issue. So. Um, I think he'll do well for them for a couple seasons, but I think the length of the contract and the amount of money is a bit much. But I hope he does well. I I, I like Nick Foles a lot, so I hope he does well in Jacksonville. Yeah, and one of the things is, I mean, when he was kind of he was kind of back and forth in the starting role with the Eagles, like we saw a lot of consistency issues. Kind of like we saw with the Tampa Bay and the Fitz Magic, and then it fizzled out a little bit, and then you know they throw Jameis Winston back in, and then that wasn't going well. So then they go back to Fitzpatrick, and he would start playing really well, and then you know trail off a little bit. I thought we there were some consistency issues during the regular season um, with Nick Foles when he was in the in the starting position, but. 
obviously when he was in the playoffs, he was clutch. Um, so I think that, you know, the pickup is, I mean, it was expected. I think everybody, everybody except for Jacksonville front office seemed to know that Blake Bortles needed to be not there. Um, so, um, good for them for getting a good, good quarterback. Um, I don't disagree with anything you guys said. I just wanted to point out the, the consistency issues that we could probably see. Yeah. Um, especially in a tough, tough division. It's probably not as tough as the NFC East is, but, you know, with the Colts being a good team again, the Texans always being consistent, and the Titans... Uh, Titans are tough. They're, they are, yeah, they're tough. Um, yeah, so... It'll be interesting. Yeah, John, I know you have I'm something to add. to see if Nick Foles has the leadership ability, if his leadership ability from the playoffs, where he led the Philadelphia Eagles to a Super Bowl, where he got an MVP, if that can translate at all to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their 2017 record was 10-6, and six, and their 2018 record was 5-11, and 11. so... Roland, you, it's not just you know Nick Foles' consistency; it's a Jackson Jag, Jacksonville Jaguars consistency. You know, yeah, but can they do better? Because it seems like they have a base for Nick Foles. If he can tap into the Nick Foles MVP, can he lead them to a playoff berth and maybe a run in the playoffs? Yeah. Wow, that was a good answer, John. Yeah. No, John's John's on fire today. Um, uh, Wikipedia. For me, this is Google's Jacksonville Jaguar record by year. Yeah. The the last thing I want to talk about Nick Foles, and you guys can obviously jump on and jump in, is I think they're in a very much a win now scenario, because like you said, John, they were ten and six, and let's not forget they made it to the AFC Championship game. They were up on the Patriots. They were probably a few Blake Bortles throws away from winning that game. Um, like yeah, ha- before halftime, the Jaguars just kn- kneeled down. If Nick, if someone like Nick Foles was there, would they have maybe gone down, try to at least get a field goal, get a- grow that lead? I think it was seven or ten at the time. Just get an extra three points. So I think they really thought they were a quarterback away, and the Jaguars released a bunch of older. Um, defensive players, so I think they're going to try to get younger on defense through the draft. But on offense, I think they feel good about their O-line. They've invested in it. They got Leonard Fournette. They got some skilled wide receivers, and now they have a serviceable quarterback in Nick Foles. And I think you're right. It's going to be a matter of consistency because I think he is good, but he is certainly clutch. Um, And it's interesting you bring up Ryan Fitzpatrick because... There's a lot of similarities between the two, and I think Nick Foles gets the benefit of the doubt because he did so well for the Eagles winning the Super Bowl, but also leading them to the playoffs this past year. So um, Jaguars might be a team to watch out, but like we brought up, the AFC South is going to be tough. Um, so Yeah, and one of my questions, not necessarily for you guys, but like, like, one of the questions I would be asking as a member of, like, the Jacksonville organization is, um, like, it says here that they're expected to release Blake Bortles. I don't know if they've already done that. Um, but 
what's the backup situation going to look like? Obviously, the quarterback class this year for the draft isn't as strong as it was last year or maybe even uh, in the next couple years. You know, at what point are you – because like you said, he is 33. Like, at what point are you starting to look at maybe drafting a quarterback and having him sit behind Foles for a season or two? Uh, Or, you know – find someone in free agency like Teddy Bridgewater or something like that. So uh, that would be one of the questions I would be asking as like a Jacksonville fan. It's like, okay, great. We have Foles. This kind of, you know, helps out this quarterback spot that we've been having a lot of issues with for the past couple seasons. Uh, But what are we going to do next? So, yeah, maybe they try to draft someone. One thing I would look out for is in the second round, there is a quarterback from Duke, Daniel Jones, who his coach is the same coach who had Eli Manning, who, as we all know, was Tom Coughlin's quarterback in New York. So some connections there. We'll see what happens. But for now, the Jaguars have their quarterback of right now. So so I'm going to talk about my bills really quick. Made yeah. three, made two questionable moves, and one move I liked. Questionable move number one, signing Frank Gore for a one-year, $2 million deal. They now have the three oldest running backs that are active in the NFL. Frank Gore is like 34. Chris Ivory and LaShawn McCoy are like 30. I don't understand the pickup. I don't understand why. It's just old running backs. I don't know what they're going for. Unless it's like, we lost Kyle Williams. Let's get in Frank Gore for leadership in the locker room. Don't understand it. Um, Questionable pick number two is getting Tyler Croft. He was the backup to Tyler Eifert in Cincinnati. Big target. I think one 2017 or his last year starting, he scored seven touchdowns. We did need a tight end. Um, I was actually hoping we'd get maybe Tyler Eifert on a one-year deal. Um, Obviously, he's an injury risk, but I don't know. I wasn't crazy about hearing about that. There were some other... I was looking at Jesse James, um, and I think the Bills were too, but Detroit came calling. And then the pick I like is the Houston Texans released Kevin Johnson, who was a first-round pick a couple years ago at cornerback. They released him. The Bills picked him up. So now... We have a bunch of young corners that have experience in the league, and I think our secondary can be really good. So I'm excited about that. Um, I mean, for the sake of the signings, they signed a cornerback hole, a tight end hole. So right now our focus, I think, for the rest of free agency needs to be offensive linemen. And then in the draft, we can hit wide receivers and targets and defensive linemen like John brought up very deep defensive draft um so i i would like to see how that all works out but do you guys have anything to add there well uh, i have a question for you michael do you want to do you want the bills to get uh dk metcalf if the bills shore up their offensive linemen in free agency i would love dk metcalf okay um but if they don't then i would rather have a juan taylor or jonah williams over dk metcalf yeah. But if we get, you know, Daryl Williams or trade for some players um, to just get better protection for Josh Allen, then yes, give me that man. Yeah. 
not a man. <laughs> You're right. He's more than a man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I have a few more signings that we can talk to, and then we can talk about Le'Veon Bell. Um, one, I don't know if you guys will have a lot of... These are just kind of things I saw as I scrolled through ESPN. Uh, Crowder, wide receiver on the Redskins, now on the Jets. Adam Humphreys, the Buccaneers slot receiver, now on the Titans. Landon Collins, New York Giants starting safety, now on Washington. Um, I thought that was big. One interdivisional move and safety if in case the Redskins do not re-sign Clinton Dix. Um, 49ers signed Quan Alexander, who was on Tampa Bay. I saw that as a move to replace Reuben Foster. And then one more trade. Redskins got Case Keenum. So we talked about the Broncos getting Joe Flacco. Didn't need Case Keenum any anymore. The Redskins needed a quarterback. They went with Case Keenum for now. We'll see how that works out. And then the, I think the biggest one is the Kansas City Chiefs have traded, or I'm sorry, released Justin Houston, who just a couple years ago, I'm pretty sure had like 22 sacks in a season. And they have franchised D Ford, but he is on the trading block. So the two pass rushers, starting pass rushers from the Kansas City Chiefs last year are either gone or on the trading block. And that's because it's not because they're bad players or bad people. They're switching from a 3-4 to a 4-3. So there are questions about their fit. Um, yeah. But just, I mean, D Ford's a first round pick a couple years ago as a pass rusher. And he is now. Um, on the trade block, so I mean, Green Bay Packers get Colin. Three, four teams get Colin. Yeah. Steelers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? Um. So just real quick, jumping back to this Case Keenum one. I know I've heard it on the radio because there's like the local sports radio that comes on after the herd. Yeah. Uh, and you know they. So that's been one of the big, because I mean, well, we all live kind of in the. Not, not Xavier, but kind of near D.C., so mm -hmm. um, that that was definitely a, a big headline because of their quarterback situation. Um, what do you guys think of this move? I, personally, I thought it was a bit of a waste. Um, I, he was okay with the Vikings. I thought that he, you know, was doing fine there, uh, and then they got rid of all their quarterbacks, um, and so now, like, I don't know, like, with Alex Smith almost definitely not coming back this season, um, and then, or, you know, if he's going to come back at all, the Colt McCoy case can't, like, I don't really see a big difference in skill level, um. I don't think that Case Keenum is that much better than Colt McCoy. I think that they probably should have pursued Josh or Josh Rosen like a lot harder than they must have uh, if they were looking at him. So I, I mean, especially with you know he's young, he's only been with one team for one season. I mean, it, it's still you can still form him into some sort of franchise quarterback. Um, the Case Keenum move seemed, I don't want, lazy to me. I don't, it just, I, unless, 
you guys have other opinions. Xavier, you're itching to say something. Any sense to me. So, hold on. So, where did he go to? Who did he go to? He was with the Broncos. But where's he at? Where's he at now? The Redskins. Redskins. See, when you you made a comment saying that you don't know if Case Keenum is better than Colt McCoy, uh, I disagree with that. I think Colt McCoy is trash. Um, I would take Case Keenum over Colt McCoy any day. Uh, so I'm okay with it. I think it makes it makes sense for Washington, but. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I just what you don't know what how what Alex Smith is gonna be like. So I'm okay with it for now, but he cannot be a long term solution. Yeah. So I guess that's that's sort of what I'm yeah. saying. So Zay, I'm gonna actually disagree with you. But John, do you want to jump in? Nah, oh, man. I want to hear the cat fight. All right. Cool. Um. So I I I understand your thinking on Colt McCoy. But Colt McCoy has been in the Washington system with Jay Gruden for a number of years. So he gets the system and he's serviceable. He's won a couple divisional games against the Cowboys. So I think he can play. Um, but I thought the trade made more sense for Denver to get Case Keenum off their books and off their roster because they have Joe Flacco. Um, as for the Redskins, I, I'm i with Roland. Uh, you kind of like said exactly what I was going to say. I think... They should have gone with Josh Rosen instead of Case Keenum. Um, Case Keenum, I thought, was very comparable to Colt McCoy. Um, if anything, I thought maybe the Giants should get Case Keenum because Pat Shermer's their head coach, and Pat Shermer was with the Vikings when Case Keenum was the quarterback. Um, so I re- I'm with you, with you guys in the sense that I really don't get the trade from the Redskins' perspective hmm. unless maybe... They're just trying to get more options or just more quarterbacks in the room and they're going to draft one. Um, but yeah, I, I'm i with you guys in the sense it didn't make sense, but for your reasons, obviously, I'm different. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I mean, we've seen stuff happen where people get traded or signed and then they're released later that year. Who knows what will happen? Who knows? Um, so we covered a lot of I think we covered all of the stuff I wrote down. The last signing I wanted to discuss, and this is exa- this is specifically for Xavier, the Bears signed Chris Blewett, the pit kicker. Oh, yeah. Give us your rundown on Chris Blewett in college, and would he have made the kick for the Bears? Uh... I think he's a good kicker. I mean, if you look at, he hit some big hits for Pitt. I mean, look at when we, what was it, Clemson in 2016? Mm-hmm. He had a big field, big field goal. Um, so, I think yes, he would have hit the field goal. But I think was it? It was was it just like a tryout signing, or was it like actual? Because if he's their actual kick- kicker, then I might question that but um i definitely think he can be in the nfl and succeed no doubt i think he's got the leg um so i mean yeah that's interesting i didn't never would have thought a, a pit kicker would be in the nfl but i guess he makes sense 
It says that he was signed after a tryout. Okay. That's just... This has absolutely nothing to do with the pickup. This is almost like a... I'm channeling my John here. His name is Chris Blewett. Can you imagine if he gets a double doink? Yeah, not not the best name. It's just all all kinds of memes. He blew it. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Uh, yeah. I don't have any other opinion on this. Alright, cool. Um, so before, I think before we, uh, get to our favorite sports moment of the week, if we had one, we talked about Le'Veon Bell. Where he could go, uh, where we think he could go, and, yeah, um, obviously the Raiders are out of the question because of cap space issues, unless they make more moves, a.k.a trading Derek Carr away, but I don't see that happening. The Raiders have said multiple times Derek Carr's their quarterback. Who knows if they're telling the truth. Um, but yeah, the, the Jets have a lot of cap space. The Colts have a lot of cap space. Um, yeah, what, what are you guys thinking? Uh, I don't know. I don't really... I haven't really put any thought into this. Um, you saying the Jets? I hope he doesn't go to the Jets. I'm I don't a... want to have to play Le'Veon Bell twice a year. I don't either. Um, uh, the Buccaneers need a running back. Excuse me. We'll see. Um, Xavier or John, you got any thoughts, ideas? I don't know. I mean, with the Jets, it's that he would be a perfect fit for their system. But I don't necessarily know if the Jets' you know, internal house want to pay that much money for Le'Veon Bell. But also he could go and be chased by the Raiders. So he could also meet up with Antonio Brown. And the Raiders make sense just because of the amount of money that they can spend. Well, here's the thing. With their new signings of A.B. and um, Trent Brown, they can afford him right now. You know, like, I agree with you. I think he would be a good fit, but they would need to get rid... Like, realistically, the easiest way for them to get Le'Veon Bell is to... Oh, I got this. Work with the Mafia. No, no, no. You trade Derek Carr away, maybe to the Giants. I don't care where. And then you trade up and get Kyler Murray. So they'd have Kyler Murray, Le'Veon Bell, and Antonio Brown. Dang. (laughs) Well, they should just hire you. (laughs) <laughs> wow I, I mean I'd take it but um, uh, but right like how crazy would that so be blockbuster yeah they have it's three first round picks quotes. like think about it you trade the four and your second number one heck why not all three well I mean they need a few players trade their <laughs> trade their four and their like 23rd pick and let's say next year's one to go from one or to go from four to one you draft Kyler Murray, the Cardinals keep Josh Rosen, and then you sign Le'Veon Bell. It, I think it could work. And that would be a crazy team to bring to Las Vegas. Yeah. I mean, they could compete with the Golden Knights. They could just be interchangeable. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. That's well, I would, so there are two teams, I'd, like you said, the Colts stand out because you could have Andrew Luck, T.Y. Hilton, Le'Veon Bell, 
And then you could also look at, like, the Texans and Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Le'Veon Bell. And I think I saw and somewhere... He carries the whole team. He can play any position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that year when he was playing offense. Yeah. Um, but the Jets, I'd be surprised if Le'Veon chose the Jets. I would be... I saw somewhere that Chicago was going after Le'Veon Bell. I would be surprised if he went to Chicago. Um, I think for Bell, I think he he's not like Antonio Brown. Where, okay, he does want the money, but I think he also wants to go on a good team more so than just about the money. Yeah. Antonio Brown, he just wanted the money. That was basically it. He wanted to be traded from the Steelers to get money because the Steelers were not going to pay him that ridiculous contract. But Bell, he also wants a ridiculous contract, but I think he also wants to go to a good team. So I'd be surprised if he picks the Jets, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean... Wherever he goes, Le'Veon Bell's mixtape will follow him. <laughs> um, so here's what I think. The Jets have the money to sign him, and it makes sense. Sam Darnold needs a good running game. He's a good target. He'll help Sam Darnold out. Um, the Colts, I mean, Le'Veon Bell would be a big upgrade to their running backs and it would help Andrew Luck. I think the Buccaneers are a team to look at. They need a running back. They have Bruce Arians, who has Pittsburgh connections. I don't know if they were in Pittsburgh at the same time, but, um, like, it can't hurt. Bruce Arians is, like, a, people like playing for Bruce Arians. Yeah. Um, just... Tr- Trying to think of teams with the most cap space. Um, let me 49ers. pull it. 49ers. Um, I mean, they just signed Jarek McKinnon last yeah. year. I mean, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Uh, they could use another weapon. The Bills, I would be shocked if they get them, especially because they just signed Frank Gore. Yeah. Um. Browns signed Kareem Hunt. They got Nick Chubb. They got Duke Johnson. I don't know. Texans. Did you guys mention the Texans at all? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Uh, I, I mean, they have like $70 million. Um, So, I mean, that Deshaun Watson and Le'Veon Brown, like you said, that's big. I think the Bucks are a good fit because they have Mike Evans and Jameis Winston. Bengals have around $50 million. I don't think that's happening. Titans, Derrick Henry... Cardinals have David Johnson, Raiders, this isn't updated, Lions, Packers, eh, I don't know. So, I, I don't know, I can. I still can't get over, I understand why he held out, I understand why he sat out the whole year, but he's never gonna make back that money that he missed out on. Yeah. He, mi- he missed out on $14 million, guaranteed, and I think the biggest thing he wants is he wants a guaranteed contract. Yep. So, I don't know what the rate is. Let's just say it's like $18 million. Um, whatever Todd Gurley's is. Let's just say he got a fully guaranteed deal. Let's say like $50 million, three years, fully guaranteed. He would have to get paid $20 million over those next three years to recover the year he lost. And I don't think anyone's going to pay him $20 million a year for three years because... He's got injury issue. He has suspension concerns. Yeah. I just don't know of a team that would make that type of investment that he's looking for. Yeah. Um, 
who knows? Maybe he won't get signed. Plus, running backs are so easy to find in the draft. Philip Lindsay, undrafted, pro bowler. Um, Nick Chubb, second round, almost 1,000 yards. You, you can find running backs all over the place. So it, yep. it's, it's really hard for him. And you got to respect the fact that he did take a stand. Yeah. But he's, I think he needs to check his re- expectations on everything. Well, I don't care. Give me the guaranteed points on my fantasy team. <laughs> well, I mean, I... I I have a lot of friends who drafted him. Did you finally drop him? Did you ever? I can't. I honestly can't remember. That's okay. (laughs) But yeah, I I I will be interested to see where he goes. I did drop him though. I do remember that, but I can't tell you. It was way too late though. (laughs) I think it was probably like week eight. Yeah. Maybe he goes to Miami. Maybe he goes to the Niners. Who knows? Um. All right. Cool. Do you guys have anything you want to add before we talk about? Our favorite moment from this past week? Uh, yeah, real quick. This one just came in. Um, Tyron Matthew, uh-huh. former uh, Houston Texans safety, just signed with the Chiefs for wow. a three-year, $42 million deal. Wow. that The Chiefs are... Mm. They're going in. They're spending yeah. while they have Mahomes cheap. Well, they have Chief Mahomes... Yeah. Watch out for the Chiefs next year. Yeah, I mean, he was already there. But yeah. well, that that's big, because now they got Eric Berry, they got Tyron Matthew. I think they just need pass rushers. Yep. And uh, yeah. offense is good, obviously. So, wow, that's good. Um, Xavier, John, anything you want to add before? No? No. Nope. All right, so do you guys have a favorite moment this week? Oh, I do. Okay. Cody Zeller misses a free throw, his second free throw, and then everyone thinks it's dead. So he steals the ball from Giannis, who forgot it was a live ball, and makes an easy dunk. <laughs> Look it up. Everyone's just kind of standing around. Giannis just is holding the ball out, and Cody Zeller realizes that it's live, Takes just takes the ball and dunks it. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> Pay attention in sports. It's important. Um... Zay or Roland? Um, for me, I enjoyed watching the Premier League this week. Things are heating up in the title race. Uh, or they stay heated up in the title race. Um, yeah. They stay hot. You have a race. So you have a race for the win, a race for the top four, a race for the best of the rest. So, you know, number seven. And you have a race for the bottom. Yeah, there's like seven teams, six or seven teams that are fighting to stay out of that last relegation spot. If this this would be the year of all years to get into soccer because of the EPL, the Bundesliga title race, and the Champions League drama. All right. Maybe we can do a separate pod for that. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. Xavier, what do you got? If you have uh, one. North Carolina beat Duke, so they swept the... Uh, the series against Duke this season, so that that's kind of big. That's surprising. So is Duke still Zion list? Yes, but yes. he. There are reports he could come back for the ACC tournament. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's true, or I don't know if maybe Duke threw that out there to help their tournament bracket rankings. Yeah. Does Duke need Zion? Realistically, I think so. I think so. Yeah. He just adds that other dimension to Duke. Um. That's pretty much unmatchable in the rest of the country. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That gave North Carolina the number one seed in the ACC, didn't it? Uh, yeah. Because if yeah. Duke was in lead, the 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 Tar Heels definitely took it. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it, it's not a huge deal in the ACC where they go to a neutral site for the tournament anyway. But if that was like the NEC, that would be so big. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it means home field advantage, so. Yeah, I, um, for my favorite moment is the NFL free agency. Like, all those stories, I think it's just fun leading up to the draft. It just makes NFL constant throughout the year. Um, but to go off of Xavier's point, I, it seems to me, and I haven't watched a ton of college basketball, unfortunately, um, but for it's my impression that the Tar Heels have kind of been under the radar a little bit. And to beat yeah. Duke twice, both obviously at home and at Duke, it's big. They got some veteran players. I think they have three seniors, which is really unusual in college basketball these days. Yeah. So watch out for North Carolina. They They have... Hall of Fame coach, uh, obviously a blue chip school. They got some crazy freshmen and um, some seniors who've been there. I mean, Luke May, he he uh, killed Kentucky's hope last year, two years ago. He's made some big shots, so they got players. And um, March Madness should be good. Oh, yeah. It comes out next Sunday. Yeah, we're going to have to make our brackets. Okay, yeah. We can talk about that stuff on this. That might have to be like a second special podcast. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. All right, cool. Um, I've got one last thing. Go for it. Happy birthday, Xavier. It's your birthday this week. Your Jordan year. Ooh. (laughs) Nice. Awesome, Zay. Thank you. March 15th, everybody. The Ides of March. Don't stab Xavier. I'd be very upset. All right. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Um, instead of the usual Brooklyn Nine Nine closing song, I thought I would switch it up this week because I saw a bunch of stuff on social media lately. Um, I think John and Zay. I know you guys will understand this reference, um, but we're gonna play a Tears for Fears songs. I saw a bunch of psych going on social media. It's not shout, um, but just I've been vibing on some older songs. Tears for Fears, Beatles, Fleetwood Mac. So I just think this is a good song. And we will see you next week on We Got a Memo Pod. Take it easy, and we will see you then.